0: Welcome to The Cutting Room Floor, bienvenidos a este podcast. This is uh, something that we've started over the last uh, couple of months as we ended our Revelation series not too long ago, and now we have wrapped up another message series called Cultivating Faith-Filled Obedience. Hemos terminado otra serie de mensajes sobre cultivar la obediencia llena de fe, and we want to talk a little bit about it. Uh, but first of all, I just want to say, uh, I want to welcome Martín and Greg here with us. You guys have been a part of this series, but also this week at Sunrise, we're excited, we're celebrating, we're going to be uh, ordaining both of you this coming Sunday as pastors in the Alliance of Reformed Churches and Pastors at Sunrise on staff. Vamos a estar ordenando Martín y Greg como pastores de la Iglesia y también de nuestra Alianza de Iglesias Reformadas. So, First of all, I just want to say congratulations. Thank I'm excited.
1: You. Thank yeah. you so much.
0: Yeah, so tell me, what's this uh, moment? You know, what's this all about for you guys right now? How are you? Uh, how are you processing this?
1: Um, I guess I'll go first, Greg. I'm I'm excited. Uh, what I've what I've been sensing is just a, a, an affirmation or confirmation of what I've been doing all these years. Um, it's been an incredible journey to work with both of you guys and uh, to be able to do this, you know, and uh, I am honored. Uh, it is, again, it, it's like a stamp of uh, what I've been doing with uh, with um, my time here at Sunrise Community and uh, super grateful and excited.
0: Well, that's great. And I think it is something we want to recognize. It opens up doors for you to continue to have the impact and the influence that you've had. Es una oportunidad para reconocer lo que Dios ha hecho con Martín, con Greg, y ver las puertas abiertas a a otra influencia más ministerio. How about you, Greg?
2: Yeah, it's, I think it's humbling to, to know that yeah we will have that kind of title of being a pastor, and uh, there's, a, there's a weight to that. There's a, some responsibility that comes with that, but also um, just a blessing to be able to you know, finally get to that place that I can say I'm Pastor Greg, and um, there's still a weird side of saying Pastor Greg that um, comes with that. I've been describing it to people as like wearing a tie, where it's yeah. a, it's a little oh, uncomfortable. I know how much and, you love ties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uncomfortable and formal, but um, but it kind of helps you to approach different situations and in new ways, right? So people kind of can maybe take you in a different way. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, just being at this next stage where I can kind of extend some of what I get to do here at Sunrise a bit more. Um, with that title. Um, and not that the title really matters. It's God's calling and empowerment of each of us. Even if there was no, no such title as pastor, uh, God would still call his people to do this. And so, um, yeah, it's just honor to be used in this way.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It reminds me of that old sermon that talked about, you know, Pharaoh had a title, but Moses had a testimony, right? Mm, and,
2: yeah. And like so, that.
0: The title's one thing, but the testimony's quite another. And and. You guys get that, and and so I'm excited. It's it's going to be fun to see how God continues to work through both of you. sigue obrando con ustedes. So yeah, congratulations, and the Lord bless you both richly.
1: I was thinking when Greg mentioned that about the the tide. It's like the first time we call our girlfriend wife. You know, uh-huh. When you are introducing your wife, yes. at first it's like. Whoa! How did how in the world <laughs> did I get yep. into this? But it is such a blessing. So it it's almost like that, Greg. Yep. Yeah, Amen. I like that.
0: Fun. Yeah. So here we are with this series. Uh, we've wrapped it up. It's seven weeks that we did, and both of you were part of that. And so I wanted to kind of begin by talking a little bit about something that came to all of us, I think, in one form or another. Quiero hablar de algún aspecto de esta serie. We were in Revelation for so long, and then we transitioned after Easter time into this message on cultivating faith-filled obedience, and almost immediately people were coming up to me, and I think to you guys too, and saying, whoa, this is different. What What's going on? There's something different about your preaching, and, and uh, uh, this is weird, you know, almost... Almost like, almost as if we had done something different, right? And había uh, muchos comentarios que después de la serie de Apocalipsis ahora con esta nueva serie, que algo cambió con la predicación. I know, Greg, you got those comments after one of your messages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've talked a little bit about what that is, but how do you guys see that? Greg, what, what do you think that's all about?
2: Well, yeah, I think at first, you know, it's always nice when someone comes up and and, uh, shares just how uh, God used your voice at that moment to to touch their life. You know, it's obviously none of us who um, get to have any part of that. You know, it's not me who changed people's life. It's God working in that moment. Um, But then just several people had spoken to me like, wow, you did great this Sunday or last Sunday. And I was like, what did i do different you know so i started to get a little insecure uh, about revelation <laughs> i was like <laughs> what did i do wrong in revelation that everyone's like wow finally he's back you know or whatever <laughs> um and then yeah as we talked about it i think it was just a realization that it just hit people in a different way and a different uh way of understanding how preaching can affect us, you know, our minds, our hearts. Uh, sometimes it's a call to action. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that, uh, you know, preaching can hit. And also, um, yeah, and, it, and also preparation-wise, it was very different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think I, I even shared with you, like, uh, I, it was humbling to me because I didn't feel like I had prepped um, at the level that I did with Revelation. Revelation, it was two weeks of just studying and chewing and all this. And this one was much more of a... Yeah, you still did your time of studying, yeah. for yeah. sure, but it uh, was not to the intensity of Revelation, you know, of commentaries. <laughs> but and, it was
0: less head, and there was something else more on the level of heart, right? Yeah,
2: for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I think that spoke a lot to me of, and, and kind of maybe made, uh, I think you're going to address this here in a minute, the different modes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of made that real to me of understanding that, because I knew that from some of the studies, but um, I guess seeing it so real um, Mm -hmm. between these two sermon series uh, it just made it more tangible Mm -hmm.
0: definitely there was a difference martín what was your take you didn't share in the revelation series but you shared in this one Uh,
1: bueno una de las cosas que que pienso lo que lo mismo que decía greg es los diferentes modos de de predicar y es lo que vas a estar profundizando ahora en esta conversación pero definitivamente eh, requieren de una preparación diferente porque la necesidad es diferente sí. entonces algunas veces el trabajo va a ser más intelectual otras veces va a tener un componente más de nuestra propia historia de nuestras emociones y todo eso y está bien porque las dos partes son importantes sí de acuerdo sí
0: este sí uh, I think that um, what we're talking about Greg you hinted at that is modes of preaching and this is something over the years that I've come to realize and and even appreciate why that there are different kinds of messages and how they affect mm-hmm. us. The language that Greg has been using, and I like, is that the head, the heart, and the hands. Tiene que ver con mensajes que tocan la cabeza corazón y las manos. And I think that's true with preaching. You know, Revelation was definitely engaging our heads, not excluding our hearts, certainly not excluding our hands, but we had a lot of information to absorb so that we could get to the heart. And to the action, right? And this series was maybe less about a, a lot of information, but there was a lot of processing going on in our hearts. And then, how does that come out in obedience, in in our actions, in our hands? And esta con la cabeza, pero mucho con el corazón y después las acciones. So as I thought about this, I actually came up with a list of about nine different ways that preaching can come at us, and there's probably more, but for example, sometimes a sermon will be more of a Bible study or a teaching mode. Mm-hmm. Again, it's weighted towards that. It's not exclusively that. A, a sermon is not a Bible study, but it may have a lot of Bible study in it. Obviously, estamos enseñando. Sometimes we're inspiring. Uh, the message is lifting us up to see who God is. And again, every message should do that, but you're inspired in some way. Mm. A veces hay un modo de inspiración. Pastoral care. Sometimes we're, we're dealing with hurts, pains, mm. how Jesus, the good shepherd, walks with us. It's pastoral mm. care. A veces estamos ejercitando un cuidado pastoral, uh, tratando con los dolores o, o dificultades de la vida. I think there's definitely an evangelist mode you know we're we're sharing and saying come and trust in Jesus and here's the good news. Hay el modo de evangelismo de compartir las buenas noticias. Uh, with that kind of is what I would call an apologist mode, apologetics, meaning a defense of the faith, where maybe we're trying to defend some aspect of the Christian message where or our society or people are skeptical. And I mean, I got others here too, you know, you're persuading. Mm-hmm. This is one I just became aware of a little bit more with the death of Tim Keller, who is a noted uh, author and pastor, uh, they, you know, the commentaries were that, you know, since Billy Graham's death, this is probably one of the most prominent leaders, mm-hmm. his his strength was in persuading people. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing, wow, there's a persuasive mm-hmm. aspect of preaching for both believers and unbelievers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. El modo de persuadir. Testimony. Sometimes the message has been more about my, here's my story, this is how the the Word of God has impacted me. There's a, may be that aspect in a lot of messages. And then i just got a couple more here, vision casting, mm-hmm. uh, where you're trying to say, hey, church, here's the next hill we need to go after, and God is showing us the next goal or the next dream, mm-hmm. and you're trying to lift people's eyes up to that through the Word of God speaking, right? I uh, el modo de, 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 de comunicar una visión. And then uh, kind of with that is what I would call a ministry or a mission mode, where you're you're inviting people to take action. Let's get out and hit the streets. Let's let's get out and be in ministry or in mission. It might be something specific or maybe something more general, mm-hmm. <clears throat> such as you know, hey, we're going to do this outreach in the villa in a couple of weeks. You know, let's go. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how does that strike you guys? You, as I talk, do you think of others? Pueden pensar en otras otros modos de predicación.
2: I think what sticks out to me is the fact that I think, and you said it in the beginning of it was that uh, each sermon can have so many aspects of those different things. Right. Um, But there might be one that as we approach it is our primary focus of like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the end goal, the walkaway point in that sense. And, um, but yet we're still going to do so many of those things um, in the sermon, right. Where um, even if the goal is to vision cast, you might uh, bring up, hey, this is the world's vision for what we should be doing, but yet God's calling us to this, right? Um, and so you're you're still doing a lot of that stuff throughout that. Um, so and, and as you pointed out in Revelation, there was not just a okay for the next you know uh, sixteen or I forget how many weeks it was mm-hmm, 16, was 15, I think fifteen yeah. uh, weeks. Uh, we're not going to touch the heart at all. No, there was a lot of heart oh, yeah. in yeah. <laughs> Revelation, oh, yeah. but it wasn't just at the forefront. We had to dig down a bit deeper um, through all of that to, to get to that um, where this one is uh, there's a lot of heart but there's also a lot of like a head change of changing sure. the way we think right mm-hmm. in this last series and so um, yeah so i think that's just what comes to my mind as you go through that list and my head's checking off like oh yeah uh, that was involved in this last sermon you know one that you just preached this last sunday as well like i'm just thinking through how you, you shared a testimony about the superpower and that
1: great story that
2: I laughed about several times afterwards. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you you know what it makes me think on uh, music and arts hmm. because as many of you guys know in uh, in music there is such a thing as modes ah. and uh, especially you know in the uh, Gregorian uh, uh, times you know of uh, music they had a specific uh, formulas quote unquote to express something to, to God. So there, there are uh, um, many modes in music. So same thing. Music is music. The Word of God is the Word of God. And uh, we are using just different uh, modes. I love that, that mm-hmm. word to express uh, what the Word of God says. You know, that, and bottom line, that's what we want to communicate, the Word of God. Yeah. And uh, also arts, you know, we we don't paint only with with uh, blue. You know, can you imagine painting only with blue? It'll be boring. So yeah. th- those are uh, uh, colors, the gamma of colors. It's just beautiful and power. Same thing when when sharing the word of God. Well, I think
0: that's that really then does bring me to think. The word of God drives this. So sometimes the word of God is persuading us. Sometimes it's challenging us. Sometimes it's comforting us. Sometimes it's educating us, mm-hmm. you know, and so that often has, is going to determine the direction of how it gets presented and preached. Mm-hmm. Uh, a veces la palabra nos instruye, nos redarguye, nos, eh, nos, eh, pues conforta, etcétera, verdad? Y eso también determina la la énfasis uh, de un mensaje. Mm-hmm.
1: Claro, les sí. decía que estos estos modos de predicar me recuerdan mucho los los modos que existen en la música, verdad? Y qué lindo porque la música es música y usamos estos modos para expresar eh, esa musicalidad. Los modos en la predicación es para express la palabra de Dios también Amen. y es algo muy lindo. Sí, así es. So, you know, one of
0: the things I wanted to, to hear from you guys about, you each had an opportunity to speak into this uh, into this series and we were, we were looking in particular at four idols. That was a lot of what we were looking at, the idol of power, approval, Uh, security and comfort. Miramos los idolos de de poder, la aprobación, la seguridad eh, y la la comodidad. And I just would like to hear a little bit more from you guys what that was like for you. Martin, you you talked about the idol of power. uh, and I guess one of the things I came away with from that message was how you you chose the example of James and John as two disciples that definitely had a hang-up around power and position, and and yet the thing with James and John is the minute we become a little too judgmental of them, you know, there were the other ten disciples who were saying, well, I should have that place, mm-hmm. and how easily that can transfer to us. I really appreciated that about the message, la manera en que tú tratase con Jacobo y Juan y su manera de buscar el poder, pero como eso después revela como los otros discípulos tenían eh, el mismo afán, ¿verdad? Yeah, how did that, you know, how did you come to that or what what was uh, that process like for you to to share that?
1: Well, I I think, you know, one of the the uh the aspects of uh sharing the the word of God with people, it's what it does to us, you know, we have to read the same passage over and over, you know, let it sink in your brain and in your heart. ese proceso, ¿verdad? Yeah, see, you, Fue como lo llegué, ¿verdad? Llegar a leer ese pasaje una vez, otra vez, otra vez, y empieza uno a descubrir. The, you, you discover the different layers of uh, the deepness. And uh, so, yeah, and then uh, definitely, you know, the uh, Bible commentaries around the great resources that we have, that helped me in that process of uh, shaping what I wanted to share with people because it is what is there, you know, the the, the challenge of all Humans, including the twelve, uh, uh, with uh, power. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I you know a couple of quotes that I liked from your message. You said a power trip can f- come from drifting in our focus from God to us. I really like that. Dijiste que que podemos estar enfocados en el poder y así pues alejarnos de Dios y enfocarnos más en nosotros mismos, verdad? Mm-hmm. Um and and that was yeah, how a power trip actually you're looking away from the true power of God.
1: One hundred percent. The the moment that uh that we think that we are all that, we're in trouble because our dependency it's one hundred percent in God, you know. I mean everything that that comes to our lives, you know, in terms of blessings, they come from God and not not from, from us, you know. It, it is a blessing from from God. El problema es cuando nos empezamos a creer mucho en nosotros, ¿verdad? Y decimos que, oh, las bendiciones que tengo es porque he trabajado mucho. No, no, no es así. Es que todo viene de la gracia de Dios. Yeah. No, and then also, you know, the, the other thing you did that I liked was the, uh,
0: you you quoted Tim Keller, whom we talked about a minute ago, and he talked about how do you figure out what an idol is, he said, Anything so central to your life that should you lose it, your life would hardly be worth living. That, I, I like that definition. Uh, Tim Keller, que un ídolo es algo que si lo pierdes, piensas que ya se acabó tu vida, verdad que no vale la pena vivir.
1: Oh, yeah. I, and uh, uh, again, you know, talking about great uh, uh, Bible commentaries and people that we admire, you know, definitely Tim Keller is one of those uh. Assets for me, you know, uh, he's he's a wise person, and uh, I admire this quote. It was so in my face. It's like, okay, I get it. I I know what yeah. a what an idol is, verdad? Esa esta frase que dijo Tim Keller tan profunda y lo pone a uno así de frente contra un ídolo. One hundred percent. The moment we we suffer the lack of money, uh, friends, popularity. And we're suffering and struggling. That's something to think about. You know, is yeah. this an idol in my life? That's where I think when I talked
0: about security, I realized, yeah, security's my deal. Because if you mess with my money, if you're trying to sell me something, if you're messing with my time, you're taking away my security, and I get, I get rather, you know, irritated.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow, okay, got and, me. Yeah, and, and just want just to add one more thing, and I don't, want, I don't want to take over. No, no, but, no, no, not at all. No, uh, for those of us who grew up. Uh, in poor countries, in the third world, we have a a unique perspective, and I think we need to speak into our American culture. It's our dependency of uh, material stuff. And material, it's also, uh, you know, 401K, uh, medical insurance, all of that stuff. You know, when you grow up lacking all all of those uh, resources, you have to believe in God in for your basic needs, so that it's a big temptation. It is a blessing, but it is also a big temptation yeah. in our American culture. We have so much that why do we need God? Yeah, wow, that's something very,
0: very challenging
1: to mm-hmm. think it about. Is. Yeah. Well, good, uh, Greg.
0: Yeah, you you also, I mean, in speaking about approval, you naturally went to the place of social media, mm. and uh, uh, so yeah, I mean. What what do you see going on there?
2: I think uh, I mean, it's very uh, prevalent where um, you see so many people struggling with that. I mean, I'm in, we're around youth all the time. And so um, it's such a fun thing to do as a social thing, but can be something that so many people get crushed by. Um, and uh, you don't know from teenager to teenager, one might think, oh, this is just a fun thing. I have no I, I get nothing, no value out of it. Um, and then the next person, the moment their their stuff doesn't get enough likes or um, whatever, it completely owns their their whole mind and they're just captured by it. And so um, it's a very it, – it can be a fun tool, but it also can be a very toxic thing that yeah. uh, so many of our youth are, are using um, – For a little benefit in all actuality (laughs) but um so i just i see that uh constantly um and i think it's one of those things that we need to be aware of and like i said i'm not mr anti-social media i Mm -hmm. think just like anything you got to be aware Uh, and i think that's why i brought it up is uh with any great thing that we get any any powerful tool we need to be aware of uh, the dangers with any
0: kind of source of power or or any kind of influence of that you know form Yeah. yeah for sure Yep, I've as I've minimized my engagement with social media over the last three four years, I find I'm a happier person, and I think I've heard statistics on that too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're
2: they're finding more and more studies uh, uh, all the time. Uh, you can just Google, you know, social media and its effect on the human brain, and they're finding how uh, much of a negative, uh, they, I haven't read one that said, this is a great thing for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more like, Hey, we're all addicted to this. Um, here's the repercussions that we're learning that we is coming out of this. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've read one that's like, yeah, this is a positive thing on us. Um, even through 2020 when we couldn't see each other, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the solution was jump on social media it, mm-hmm. that wasn't going to help us. And so yeah. I think it's a, it's worthwhile to look at it and say, what, what value is this really adding to my life?
0: Sí, hay una gran conexión entre el ídolo de la aprobación y eh, eh, lo que son los medios sociales. Mm-hmm. Así que, no, in and you, and, and your message you made, you know, you you went to Mary and Martha, and I guess, I don't remember if you'd said it exactly, but kind of what I came away was like the, you know, the, the, the Instagram post of that day was to put on a really great feed mm-hmm. and how Martha got caught up in that. I had never really seen it that way before or heard of that that was that was a unique take i liked that uh helped me to understand a little bit better how she may have been feeling the pressure Mm -hmm. of uh, approval yeah i think
2: just understanding culturally uh what it would have been for her to host at that moment uh this religious leader coming into her her home would have been a great honor uh and something i think any of us today would have been a great honor if we would have had someone that we look at uh you know Even from our, you know, um, denomination, we would say that, you know, Tim Vink says, hey, Greg, uh, love to have lunch with you. I'm going to say, cool. Yeah, come over to my house. Let's do a barbecue. And I'm going to go out and get some nice food and be very excited about that. Um, But uh, so it was a great honor, especially at that Mm -hmm. time for her culture. Um, So, yeah, I think seeing it that way made me understand a little bit more of her frustration as well. Of why she was so angry at uh, her sister for not jumping in and and helping the family to to elevate their status, you know, yeah. um, you I understood her frustration not just that the tasks didn't weren't getting done, but that some of that was missing in that
0: that point. So yeah, and you know, and even just Mary going to the place of Jesus' feet that was not a place for women to go. Mm-hmm. and so she was almost like not even thinking about disapproval, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just like, I just got to be with Jesus. Yeah, this is the best thing for
2: me right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maria María buscó un lugar donde solo los hombres iban a los pies de los rabies, y, y eso es como que ella no pensaba en, en la aprobación de los hombres tampoco mm-hmm. en ese momento. Yeah, and I, you know, I think the other thing you talked about was the rich young man and uh, I I've been thinking a little bit too about how you talked about how Jesus just kept kind of gently but insistently poking at him. I like that image of a poke. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's had me thinking too of how God is doing that in our lives often, and how approval can get in the way of, you know, really taking those promptings from God seriously. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think that's uh, at least in my life more recently. That's constantly what God's doing with me is He's He's poking that spot that I'm saying, no, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, and then there becomes a point where the the poke starts to to become like the main thing. Right. <laughs> and I think that's what Jesus was doing with him at that moment is saying, you know, I you probably know that you need to work on this. You know, it's not not the first time the Holy Spirit's working in that in that man's life. Uh, but Jesus just pushes it just a little bit further. Um, to show him, and, and it's really, he's answering his question, what, how do I uh, access the heaven, or the kingdom of heaven? Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus saying, you need to know who I am, and to know who I am, you need, to, you need to give up this other idol that you have in your life, and stop getting your approval
0: from these outside sources. Yeah, no, es es muy importante, el hombre rico que llegó a Jesús buscando... Eh, pues él estaba buscando aprobación por seguir la ley, por hacer todo lo que requería la sociedad judía, pero Jesús como que le está eh, pues, eh, tocando eh, en el pecho, verdad, para decir no, 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 hay que, hay que seguirme a mí. Mm-hmm. Sí. Well, uh, you know, as we wrap up this series, we talked last week a little bit about our testimony and about the martyrs and uh, embarrassing obedience, you know, Mm -hmm. and and how embarrassing it can be to talk about our faith. Hablamos el domingo de una obediencia vergonzosa, lo que es compartir un testimonio de nuestra fe. Well, now in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start pivoting in that direction a little bit. And uh, Greg, maybe you want to say a little bit more about this next series. I know you don't want to give it all away, but uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting a new series for the summer. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, tell us more about that
2: yeah um I think the idea uh, of it kind of again came from our conversations of uh, what we want to see or how we feel God's moving us as a church and a big part of that was about sharing our faith with people around us mm-hmm. um, and so as um, as we prayed about it, one of the things that popped out was yeah this need to to um, help us as a church altogether to, to be more intentional about the way that we make relationships how we utilize those relationships around us you know uh, i always love to to point out to my youth you know where where god places you and he sits you in a classroom is actually very strategic he wants you to be an influence to those people those other students around you uh it's he's he's very strategic god i I don't think anything's by accident he's not just like oh well you happen to be there well let's work with that Uh, i think he he ordains a lot of things that we kind of just don't always pay attention to, and so really paying attention to how, uh, what relationships do you already have in your life that he wants you to start mm-hmm. to be uh, his light to them and wow. share his his love and in and all different ways. And I think we're going to cover that is as the, all the different ways that he allows us to to glorify him by mm-hmm. sharing. Uh, sharing him in many different ways, uh, many different So actions. maybe
0: you could say there's different modes. I almost used that things, word. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what came to my mind, yeah. yeah. You know, and Martin, you've been such a great model of this in my life and for our church. You are a relational person. You love community life. You love uh, you know, getting together and hanging out with people. But you've also learned how to be intentional in that. Um, how did that happen?
1: well for for those of us who are you know um what's the word uh, we use in english uh social butterflies uh-huh. is that is that what yes, it is yes i got it perfect so for, for uh, people who are you know extroverts like me you know we we love people that is natural so and i remember uh struggling with that uh idea because it was hard for me to go to the next level mm. you know it, it was all party it was all fun let's cook together let's barbecue no problem easy natural for me but it was to take it to the next level which is allowing really the holy spirit to guide conversations mm. as simple as that is just to be sensitive to be uh, aware also of my friends uh, needs as well um, sometimes we miss opportunities because we are not listening intentionally you know mm. so that that's what i'm doing more nowadays you know really listening not only to uh, the party conversation, you know, the, the easy talk, but the, the deeper stuff. And not being afraid to engage in yeah. those conversations. Para los que somos extrovertidos, ¿verdad? este Es muy fácil reunirse con gente, hablar y hacer la fiesta y, y comer juntos y todo eso. Pero para pasar al siguiente nivel hay que escuchar el corazón de las personas y permitir que el Espíritu Santo también dirija esa conversación si va a ir a un lugar más profundo.
0: Yeah. No, and I think I think I'm looking forward to the series. We'll see what we can learn from it but it seems to me that no matter how God has wired us, whether we're you know a little more on the introverted side where we like that time alone or whether we are you know that time where we love to be with people we're that kind of person, in both of those uh, cases, people, all of us are called to just look around us mm-hmm. and to figure out how we can then, spread the fragrance of Jesus, like Paul says, you know, we're spreading his fragrance mm-hmm. wherever we go. Uh, seamos introvertidos o extrovertidos, no importa, todos tenemos el reto de buscar, uh, pues, eh, eh, poder transmitir el aroma de Jesús a las personas. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be starting that on June 11th after our big celebration this uh, Sunday with the graduates and with Martin and Greg being ordained. We'll be getting into that new series and saying more about it then. So, um, yeah, I think for now, uh, it's we can maybe call this a wrap. It's been good to talk to you guys. Uh, we're going to keep trying this. If this is something that's of value to you as a congregation, please let us know in some way, either email us or talk to us personally. Uh, we want this to be of value and something that maybe just gives you an encouragement in the middle of your week. So we'll get this up soon. And, um, yeah, we hope you have a great week and a great summer too we'll we'll hope to stay connected in various ways along the way pues queremos subir esto muy pronto para que ustedes puedan uh, escuchar y disfrutar de esa conversación y espero que les inspire y que les también alimente de alguna forma so thanks greg martín for being with me
1: yeah thank you rufy thank you